Have you ever wondered what it would be like to be trapped inside of a hole so deep that no one can hear you screaming for help and those that can hear you refuse to try to help you in your own way? Donnie Cobb joins us to talk about a small portion of her cannabis journey. I say small because her journey is chocked full of different pathways. Simply put, loss of a dear loved one, depression, hospitalization, pharmaceuticals, screaming to get off, cannabis off all pharmaceuticals finally, survived two heart attacks, medicates regularly, and here to say cannabis has saved her life this is your time but i'm i'm pretty interested i'm interested in your journey away from quote unquote modern medicine how that got started so i've had several experiences with um uh paxil and zoloft and those um those mood change altering drugs and during different um traumatic times in my life, uh, my mother passing away, my husband passing away, I was put on those drugs. And I, trying to wean myself off of them after my mother's death, I, I believe created my first, or contributed to my first heart attack, because it was like within a month after I quit taking uh, Paxil that I had a heart attack. That was in 2010. In 2012, I lost my husband and I got put back on the same drugs. Um, in 2014, and it, I don't think it was related to those drugs, I had the second heart attack, which uh, resulted in me. Um, well, my daughter's here, and she can actually tell you about that. But do you want to go into that, or do you want to go more into when I left the hospital? Yeah, I wanted because to. Because I had, I was. I was uh, pronounced, they told my children that I didn't survive a car crash, and, and <clears throat> but they eventually found a pulse. They put me, put a stent in my heart, and they put me on ice for a few days, and then they put me into a coma. And when I left the hospital, <clears throat> the, my children had instructions to, they would probably need to put me into a nursing home because I would probably never be able to care for myself. And... Um, my they immediately started me on cannabis uh really really strong amounts of uh, rso oil and uh concentrates and within less than 90 days i had a job at the chevrolet dealership in clinton oklahoma uh, working in the accounting office and then um but i i was i, I left the hospital with like seven different mind-altering drugs and and the reason was that all that my body had been through they had diagnosed me with PTSD and they said I'd need them for the rest of my life but what I found was that um, I, I wanted to kill myself every day and like my entire day was spent trying to figure out how I could do it and, and with the least amount of pain to my kids and my family but I just knew I couldn't be a burden and I never really knew why um, why I, I survived all that trauma when um, I, I was I was very very sad, very depressed, very under the influence of all those drugs, and I just really didn't have any desire to live. <clears throat> um, cannabis has changed all that for me. I, it was a struggle at that time with my doc, my my primary care physician. Um, they demanded that I, I, you know, give them samples, urine samples, and I refused. I was actually fired from a clinic in Clinton by my uh, 
by the doctor there for not giving them a urine sample. And um, or fired? Did okay. they fire you or refuse yeah. you? How did that work? <laughs> well, um, I had asked for pure. Um, of the Zoloft and my doctor kept prescribing more and then she referred me to a really great um, mental health physician in, in Clinton that she said I would really like and I did. Then you said that you liked for counseling, correct? Yes, but she didn't think that she was helping me with the counseling and wanted to increase the drugs that I did and I was just telling my daughter that um, at the point where I quit seeing her, I had a huge brown shopping bag full of samples that she had given me over about a six-month period. I saw her uh, about once a week, and almost every single time, she I would leave with a brown bag full of pills that, well, most of them I would read the um, side effects, and, and i decided not to take them because my whole the whole reason I was seeing her was I wanted off the medications. I didn't think that they were helping me, and I thought that they were very harmful and very dangerous. And um, so I had to, um, <clears throat> she she quit seeing me when I, I refused to let her uh, put me into a um, a seizure state that she said would be able to, she thought I was taking all the drugs that she'd give me and I hadn't been but she said that I would have to do that to get off of all that medication and, and so I quit seeing her and I got myself um, off of everything and it was through the use of cannabis that I was able to do that but um, um, at that through that time, my primary care physician was also trying to get me to take Xanax three times a day. She would prescribe a bottle of 30, and um, I would use them just as I needed. Um, I had a condition where my heart would race, and if I felt like I was getting anxiety, I would take a half of a Xanax or a small amount that I could still function. And uh, <clears throat> so I didn't use I didn't refill them every month, and that upset my doctor. And um, so they they demanded that I do the urine test. And when I uh, I asked her why, and she said, "Well, we have to make sure that you're not selling these pills and that you're actually taking them." And I said, "I don't take them, though. I don't take them unless I need them, and uh, so they're not going to show up in a right. urine test." But I knew I knew that cannabis would, and so I refused to take it. And within the month, I got a certified letter from her office, even. After two heart attacks, they, they fired me as a patient because I would not conform to their office policy, which was urine samples. Right. And so I felt like it was just to determine right. who this was. Cannabis was really uh, being discussed a lot, but it was before 788 passed. And I think this was about 2016. And so there was a lot of talk about cannabis. And I think that that doctor's clinic wanted to know what patients used it and which ones didn't. So, and, yeah, even after. And also how it was going to affect their pocketbook. Well, and, yes. and two, the, the takeaway I, I get is less about your health, um, physical or mental, and more about the if there was going to, I mean, basically this is the lesson that I think they were trying to teach you. If anyone's going to be giving these meds away haphazardly, it's going to be us. Yeah. I mean, they, they didn't want you selling them or yeah. handing them out, but yet you were given a brown bag every time you left the building. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, Absolutely. It, it's mixed messages. I yeah. mean, it, it definitely is. I mean, what was her name? Was the name by chance on the um, uh, name tag? 
Ratchet. Uh, was it Nurse Ratchet? Um, uh, perhaps this was a doctor I dealt with. And oh, actually oh, okay. Pretty um, knowledgeable about cannabis. And, oh, and to, was her name Ratchet? Right. Well, and to and just so if I'm following the timeline right, and so you went to your 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 regular doctor to tell her that you wanted to be off, and then she referred you to someone who wanted to put you on more of what you asked off of. Yes, that's what happened. Oh, okay. And then, uh, and then they fired me. <laughs> right. I mean, after they've, you know, they want. Well, to okay. So that that's interesting to me. So what what are you left at uh, with at that point? Um, do you have to go to another health center? Are you going to just at that point um, look at natural medicine? Well, I was using cannabis a lot, but I had. I have serious health conditions. I have high blood pressure. I have um, I have to take 80 milligrams of Crestor every day for my cholesterol. I have to take blood thinners the rest of my life. So I had to have a primary care doctor. But I found one, and I knew before I even started looking, the very first thing that was I was going to discuss with my new doctor was how they felt about cannabis. And I found one in Weatherford who is absolutely great and she's open-minded, but the, and, and that's really the best thing about her. She wasn't really knowledgeable about cannabis, but when she saw that, um, when I take a chocolate every day with RSO oil in it, that my blood pressure is perfect 120 over 80 every single time I would go to her. And she would ask me how, what are you doing? Because I'm giving you five pills that you take every day and your blood pressure is close to 200 over 100 with those five pills so when i when i explained to her what i was doing with the uh, rso oil she had never heard of it or she had but wasn't knowledgeable but i gave her links to to look at and learn about cannabis and so every time i see her she's excited about the new things that she's learned and the things that we're we're doing with it and right. I know there's doctors out there that are open-minded like like my doctor is and yeah. I feel like if you have a doctor who won't talk to you about canna- cannabis or that you can't um, you, you really need to find a new doctor yeah, find they're one. out there right fire your doctor <laughs> you know I mean which is the way it should be exactly. and go find one that's more you know in tune with the way you want to treat yourself right and well, we're, we're in a legal state it's a legal medicine sure. and if a doctor's not on board with it he needs to go to a state where you know his beliefs more uh, practice in Oklahoma agree. were legal <laughs> completely so if, agree if you're a doctor and you don't like right. cannabis we've moved on here Right. If your morals come involved in this, you're in the wrong practice. Right. Right. But if that's what you're even saying, but that's what I got out of that. (laughs) Well, but I mean, I I think there is something to be said. I mean, it's a very blunt way to put it, but it's like either get on board with what we consider medicine in the state or go find somewhere else that doesn't consider medicine. (laughs) I I love that. I love that. I mean, ideologies of how you approach it. I yeah, mean, yeah. It's it's the way I mean before 788 it was the way Dondi was told to medicate. Right. Was this is your options and deal with it. Yeah, I totally I I, I agree with you. Sure. Josh. Yeah. Stop throwing stuff at me. <laughs> <laughs> it just gets me I mean it does. I mean it gets me worked up just because you were someone that I mean while there were they and I mean 
don't get me wrong, I understand that they were searching for a quality of life or that was the end goal from what was being said, but she had found things that were working to enhance that quality of life. And I loved hearing the opposite side of that spectrum as far as medical professionals that were like, hey, I'm learning something from you here. And I'm excited to share that back. You know, I mean, it gives me, I mean, I know that they're, we talk everybody talks but we have to we have to push 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 but it 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 lets me know that there is light and hope at least that there are very educated highly educated people that are interested in this as a medicine and are diving very very deep into it and on a personal on their own personal education right like this and it and it really does help like dondi whenever you're providing that for your uh, uh, medical provider or, or whoever it is that's interested i mean that's that's where it that's where it's at sure i mean you where gotta spread the word yeah absolutely <laughs> so well i know that she shared it with um i've i've had people come to me and say that i also work with a doctor's clinic with helping patients get their recommendations and their medical cards so she's actually referred some patients to me so i know She's learned, she studied it, and I know that she's on board with it now. And we're we're seeing more and more of that out here in the West. But then also we're still seeing. Just um, about a week ago, I was I was told um, a business owner in Western Oklahoma is really on board with cannabis, but they are terrified to speak out and openly, like acknowledge it or have anything to do with it through their business because. Um, they said that they would get shut down, that it's just not acceptable. But what I really feel like is I think about 90% of the people I know have you been using cannabis. They just, they're not open about it. And it's because I've met so many people who come up to me privately. You are definitely doing your part. And, I, and we all love you for that. Great. Now, let's talk about some... Let's talk about these heart attack things. I mean, what's going on with this? I mean, how is cannabis helping you out with this? I've used... I I never used cannabis. Um, well, uh, after high school, uh, when I had children, I quit using cannabis. I was too, way too busy. Socially, sometimes I didn't um, disapprove of it. My husband used it a lot. It made him happy, and it really helped him to focus, I noticed. But... Um, I was too busy, so when um, I had had one heart attack, and my and then my husband passed away two years later, we didn't. I didn't smoke. I didn't drink. I I just worked all the time. I didn't do anything really. So after he passed away, I started drinking, and um, people who care about me came to me and said we would rather we would rather see you smoking than drinking and um so i listened to them and i started that's when i started smoking again and that was in about 2012 and up until then i but i was a kind of a recreational smoker it just helped it helped a lot with my depression from losing my husband suddenly and it just helped me get through the day um so i was exercising i was going to the ymca because the first heart attack i quit smoking um, the second heart attack, I was, well, I was trying to get healthier, and I left the YMCA one day, got in my car, within a block, had had a heart attack, and I just walked three miles, and um, the 
the hospital was is across the street from the YMCA in Weatherford. So when my kids got there and they were they were told that I was I didn't survive this car wreck, um, my daughter just said they asked us if we wanted them to keep working on you, and we're like, well, of course. So they say it was approximately thirty minutes that I didn't have a pulse or a heartbeat mm. when they. Uh, but when they when they ask it, she was like, "Mom, the reason they ask is because it's very traumatic what they were doing to you. They were breaking all the bones in your chest, and I had over 200 fa- fractures when I left the hospital after that, being in there a month. So it was painful, but most of the time I was unconscious. But of the healing, I believe. But um, that's why you know it's it's a very it's kind of a violent thing to to if you do it correctly, you're breaking bone." <laughs> And so, uh, but they continued to work on me until they found a pulse, and then they they metaphylated me. They put the stent in my heart. It was the major artery that had collapsed, and um, they then they to minimize brain damage from and not having a heartbeat for a long time. They put my body on on. Um, they lowered my body temperature. They say put it put you on ice, but. Um, they did that for a few days, and then um, they, I was in a coma for about a month. And, and then, of course, when I came out of the coma, then my kids were again told to, I wasn't going to survive, or I would, I would always need help. Um, and my heart issues go back from um, junior high when I played basketball in school and the, the physicals that you had to take was the first time that I ever was diagnosed with a heart issue. It was just a minor heart murmur, mm-hmm. but through the years I had a lot of, uh, where my heart would race for hours. And so in 2015, I had an ablation surgery done that um, has, I had too many electrical connections in my heart and they fixed that. What I what I really credit cannabis for is um, it's helped me with my depression. It's helped with my anxiety. It's helped me to be more active and to feel better. And I can go about my day. I know it's just being active. Like it helps me be active. Right. <laughs> um, has has made my you know my life uh, made me live a healthier life. I feel like and. Um, but the, now, the wh- major thing it did for me was get me off of all the mind-altering drugs. There's not a doubt in my mind that I would be dead if I hadn't gotten away from the um, pharmaceutical um, treatment for PTSD and depression and anxiety. Those are the most, in my opinion, those are more dangerous than opioids because they're they're not talked about like opioids are. And um, But I've lost several close friends to suicide, and it's all the result of those those medications that have been prescribed, and and them begging too. I've seen people in the same situation begging to be taken off these medications because of the fear that you're going to harm yourself, and and it's a real fear because that warning's on every single medication they gave me was that it will cause suicidal thoughts, and and absolutely they do. Right. Well, and and going back to like the heart, you know, the heart issue, I think a lot of times cannabis isn't, is it that it's not fixing your heart issue, that cannabis, the derivatives of cannabis are helping get in front of the contributing factors of the heart issue. 
is stress yes, and anxiety right. and, and, and being present and, you know, listening to our body and when it doesn't feel well and knowing we need to exercise. So, you know, I, I love that you kind of pointed that out is that sometimes cannabis isn't necessarily like the, and I call it like that end game or starting game is sometimes for cannabis is two different things for two different people and for for Dondi and the heart aspect to me is a starting game it's something that helps her stay in front of the heart issue as opposed to you know like with cancer or something an RSO actually going in and being that in game for an issue and going in and killing the cancer that's why the versatility of this plant is something that I've always loved about it and that brings up a good point in her experience yeah and i'm actually curious as to something that you talk about josh is i wonder if early on um if uh cannabis were involved if that were to have a lot to do i mean it would it would have helped out sure (laughs) i mean holistically on a lot of different levels oh the Uh, ptsd the anxiety um the, the heart Sure. Uh, uh, you know, we don't know. know, So, right. Anna's on the line with us, and she can explain better than I can um, about how they tested my brain function because I'm not aware of of any of that. But they were. Tell Anna, would you tell them how, like, the doctor that you met? Anna is Dondi's daughter. Anna, Anna, I forgot to introduce you there. (laughs) Thanks for being on the show, too, Anna. Sorry. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Um, So when my mom was in the hospital in, I think, 2014 it was, um, and she had had that accident, she had been brain dead for about 30 minutes before they were able to resuscitate her and metaflight her to Oklahoma City. Um, So once that happened and they induced the coma and everything, that was essentially to slow down any other brain damage that could happen. So at that point, we were thinking, and the doctors were telling us, like, she may never be the same again. You may never, like, have the mom that you used to have again. And so it was really devastating, and we didn't have a lot of hope, but... Once we got her through that hospital stay, which took about a month and was very rocky and there were a lot of ups and downs, but once we finally got her home and out of the hospital, um, the first thing we did when we got her in the car was give her something to smoke. (laughs) And so she medicated and then she started using cannabis a lot more regularly. Well, about two weeks later, I think it was, we had to take her back to her neurologist to do some brain scans. Um, I don't remember specifically what kind of scans they were, but we did them and he was absolutely in shock that she, like her, her scans came back perfectly normal. He was so sure that he would find damage in her That's frontal amazing. lobe, right. like specifically affecting her memory um, because of her accident and because of everything that she had been through. And he was like, honestly perplexed. He couldn't explain like how her scans came back so perfectly normal after everything she had been through. And so he actually, like that was the last time that she saw that doctor, he was like, there's no, like, you have no need for me anymore. And kind of handed everything over from there to her primary care doctors, which is when they started putting her on the 
heavier medications for like PTSD and anxiety and depression and all of that. And a lot of those were like antidepressants, anti-anxiety medicines, but that like they also at one point had her on like antipsychotic medications and those were not beneficial for her in any way, shape or form. They didn't make anything better. They only escalated the situation. Well, sure. She wasn't psychotic. Right. Exactly. I mean, she had been through a lot. She woke up in a hospital. She had no idea where she was, what had happened to her. She had no recollection of her accident. All she knew was that she was hooked up to all of these machines. She was in the hospital. Um, You know, her kids were all there and probably looked very worried at the time. Um, But that's because I think that anybody that would wake up in that state would be frantic. Yes. I mean, you're at a complete loss of what what is going on around you i mean you yeah and there's a huge gap in your timeline like you i mean i just i can't i couldn't even imagine what she was feeling when she first started coming to in the hospital and after everything she had been through so that's when they started they started her on the anti-psychotics and anti-anxiety and depression all of that in the hospital but it never really seemed to help it only made things worse and it wasn't until we got her home and she started using cannabis and just more natural medications and getting away from all of those like she was saying mood changing prescriptions that she we really started to see improvement in yeah. you know her overall mental health uh, so it, do you feel like you've got your mom back like she was or do you feel like I'm not yes so that's something that I actually <laughs> heard numerous times when she was in the hospital is your mom will never be the same she'll never be the mom that you had before this whole experience this you know the brain damage and everything is going to change her and she won't be the same person and I mean of course we all change throughout life um, but she's definitely a lot more of the same person today than she was I would say even like shortly before she had that heart attack and she was she had been very depressed at the time and so she I would definitely say I have my mom back yes (laughs) yeah now uh, didn't they at one point ask you uh, Dondi or whoever can answer um if you had ever been hospitalized and wanted to they, my, the doctor, the mental health doctor that I saw in Clinton asked me if I, she said, have, have you ever been inpatient? <laughs> and I thought she meant my patients, um, but she meant inpatient <laughs> in a mental hospital, which of course no, that's never what you been. thought. <laughs> so she, she wanted to, um, she had been trying like different pills every other week. We were changing the medication and as long as the side effects weren't too dramatic, uh, drastic I would take I would try them but um, every pill I took put me into a more depressed state and um, so she wanted to put me into a hospital where she could give me an IV and she could try different medicines like instead of waiting two weeks we could try them like every four hours different things mm-hmm. that she she Don't. wanted to do to me like that and I 
I couldn't agree with any of these procedures that she wanted to do in the hospital. Um, the, she's the same doctor that wanted to put me into a seizure state. And one of the side effects of that, she said, was that I could possibly have reoccurring seizures after that. And, of course, we're seeing an increase in seizures now. And so I didn't want any part of that. That It's just scary to me. It's just, it's, it's like, they've wanted you to be a lab rat, you know, and it's not, (sighs) well, and I, and I, and I, it, it sounds like something from decades ago too. the story. It's very, yeah. I mean, like a, I mean, you know, like I said, I mean, like a nurse ratchet story that they're just, you're this pin cushion or this, you know, this dartboard that they're just kind of throwing darts at. Um, there was a bridge on my way home. I drove home from work every day, and it was the Washita River Bridge. And every single day, I would drive across that bridge. I would I would go like 110 miles an hour and just pray for the courage to crash into the side of it. And I knew that there was a sane person inside me somewhere. I knew I wasn't crazy. I knew that those were not my thoughts. I'd never had thoughts like that. So I knew that it was all... Um, related to the prescription medication that I was on and I just didn't know how to safely get away from it because taking it taking myself off in the past I felt like it caused my first heart attack and it because the Paxil had really stopped those anxiety attacks where my heart would race but my mother had my my mother had passed away almost a year earlier and I had never cried I never felt sadness and I had to I had to get away from that that horrible feeling of not having any emotions and so when I tried to get off that that's when I had my first heart attack and just like weeks after I took the last pill right and I I think that well and I think that even brings up a great point and a point that I you know wanted to make whenever I was listening to your story is is having a bad day I mean really at the end of the day you were you had been through all these traumatic experiences physically mentally emotionally I don't think there is or truly I mean personally I'm just speaking for myself but I don't want a quick fix I don't want to be over some losing someone in a week. I want to yeah. feel that loss. You I mean, to, there's a process, yeah, you have to process right? Those emotions. And that's the thing is, I mean, I, you know, that's the thing that I can at least give you know cannabis credit for is generally, I mean, like if I'm crying, I mean, at least the cry is supposed to be happening. I'm not just blabbing about nothing, <laughs> right. which is generally where I see a lot of these like pharmaceutical medications taking people. Well, why are you crying? I don't know. I mean, at least, I mean, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with crying. I think it's healthy, but I think that knowing and being present in that moment, like to me, I don't think that there is a quick fix for losing the love of your life. No, there shouldn't be. Or there's never a fix is really the answer. If there were, we we would be robots. Well, I mean, and their love wouldn't exist. I mean, that's the reason that it's there is because it does feel like something you can't live without. And I think a part of that leaves us forever. But I mean, I, that's what I hate sometimes about those practices is they're trying to like tell Dondi that, hey, you, this shouldn't be a traumatic event. Well, it is. Here's the line, ride it. Right. Here's the line of norm, normalcy, ride this. Right. And I mean, I. Screw I, your line of normalcy. Screw it. Sure. You know what I mean? I, you know, that pisses me off. Right. I can't stand it. Right. And that just, it's just that rush to a fix thing as opposed to working through something. 
you know, that's what kills me sometimes with people. And so, I, I mean, I, I do see it from, you know, you do have a lot of these doctors where people aren't like Gandhi. They walk in and they say, I want to be over this now. I'm done with it. Hand me something. Yeah. And if that is a person's choice and that's what they choose to go to, that is great. But if there's someone like Gandhi who walks in and says, please help me get away from these. Let me find a different life raft. The life raft shouldn't be sent her to someone else that's going to give her the same thing. Right. And and I hear what you're saying. It's not judging the people that do need. I mean, they, cannabis does not help everyone. Absolutely not. Okay. It does not help everyone. But and I'm not saying if you if you need that medication to get off to sure. stop taking it. Yeah. But I felt like I didn't need it. Right. I I just I knew I was okay, but it was such I was in such a fog. I lost every single person in my life. I I believe I came through that mess with maybe two friends. Every single I was it made me act so crazy i lost everybody and it was it was totally drug related and i i saw it happening around me there was nothing i could do about it all i could do was cry all the time i i could barely contain myself for the eight hours i was at my job i cried all the time and and that's not me i feel like i'm more myself now than i've been in a long time and I don't, I don't have, I don't need those drugs. And a lot of people that they put, they give them to, they hand them out like Halloween candy. They don't need them. Yeah. Yeah. There's so so many safer alternatives. What always gets me about that and what I hear a lot is, um, well, if you don't notice it, then it must be working. That's the, that's the phrase of medication, right? If you can't feel it, then it's working, right? What do you mean? What do you mean by that? If I can't feel it, you mean if I feel the way that you want me to feel, that sure. that society wants me to feel, that everyone else wants me to feel, right? I mean that yeah. that it, come on. Well, because yeah, because here's the problem is because it it becomes a slippery slope to where you're indoctrinating a grieving process. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're the, saying you're, there's these are the steps that you're supposed to yeah. grieve the law, the love, you know, the loss of the love of your life. Here's and the I'm format sorry, and formula for you to get over it. Everyone has a different process. If there were one, we'd all have it figured out by now, and we'd all be using it. So, I mean, I, that's what upsets me. Is Dondi is one of those examples of she heard her inner voice telling her, "I hear a lot of voices that aren't me." Yes, and there are a lot of these outside influences and outside things that are bringing them into my life. I want. A different way and I want her to have that option that's I a, want the next person to have that option that's a beautiful piece of this story to me Dondi is that you your inner voice your authentic authentic you the one that's inside of that center of, of of your mind was able to escape that and tell yourself that that is not you and, and you are where you are now. And, sure. And I love you for that. And and I I just I'm, couldn't see my my life ending that way. Yeah. You know, to have survived that terrible um, heart attack that they call the widow maker. It kills most people. To survive that and and then to let to, to die at my own hands because I'm on too many drugs. Um, the one thing that I, I um, on this whole journey, the one thing that has really, I take away from this is um, for all those years that, and it was a couple of years that I was in that state, I felt like I was such a burden to my children, to my friends, to every single person I was around. And 
I just could not figure out why I survived. Like, if I was almost dead, why did they bring me back to live this horrid life? And it was horrid. Um, I just, I could not understand the purpose that I, why I was still here. But when 788 passed, that path became so clear to me. Like, I know now. I know my purpose. I volunteer every weekend. I help as many Oklahomans as I can. That That's my passion. That's my purpose. And I think I, I just read a book called The Alchemist. And I feel like when you find your life purpose, the whole universe, like the book says, conspires to make it happen. Right. So I feel like the doors are opening now, the great doors like James and, and you know, winning the contest and just my sales and my company. And I feel like that I have found my purpose and the universe is not going to let, you know, uh, no be, no be the answer. Like you're going to, you're going to do this. This is why, this is why you didn't die. I, I know now why I didn't die. Well, and, that and, and I have the most precious grandbaby. Well, I agree with you, and I, I agree that once you kind of find or you feel like is like your life's mission, like how differently you read the world and how things kind of just start to fall into place and to make sense. But with all of that being said, and I know the great work that you're doing, but as we've been sitting here talking and I had to just kind of jump in because I know your tagline now is from packed in ice to ice cold in the cannabis game. <laughs> It literally, <laughs> I just, I, I, I'm, I'm so happy that we're finally getting, I'm, I'm fine. Well, and Dondi, I've met you once before, but I didn't really get like the full story and everything. And I've always just heard great things. And as I'm sitting here and I had never heard the packed and ice thing. And then when I heard it and that, and I just know kind of like, as far as a business side, I know kind of, you know, the story there, like, it's just like packed and ice to ice cold in the cannabis game is really like where from where you came from to where you are and I love it I just I truly love that and I'm so glad I finally got to hear your full story it's so awesome I'm, I'm so grateful Whoa. to be a part of this industry and um, you know I'm I'm older and uh, I should be looking at retirement now instead of starting a new business but I, it's just the passion to help people I see people that I've, I've known my entire life struggling and suffering and on the brink of death and not being able to get reach them to get through to them to say hey just this stab it's going to change your life just put a little bit on this of this on your skin and you're going to be so much better and all, all they see is smoking a joint yeah and you know that's rarely what um you know, the medicine that we use uh, requires, but there's so many little issues, skin issues, uh, pain issues, depression, that a tiny little bit of an edible or a lotion could fix, and it's being safely used by, we get 90-year-olds that the patient drives getting their cards, and that makes you feel good, because um, they're using it, and they're not smoking joints, they're using it for uh, medical, they're using edibles, for and it's giving them life back. Well, the, so. we say it all the time. Those are the ones I love because they have ninety years of experience and things that do not work. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, I, I I know that's a weird way to kind of look at it, but I mean, I, that's the. I mean, this lady has tried everything, and she's like, "Hey, 
can we try this? And the funny thing is, is, mm-hmm. is a lot. I mean, more often than not, those people come back in and they kind of just have that little look in their eyes like, are you kidding me? Yeah, this, this whole time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this whole time. That's what it, felt it is. felt like Kathy's story last week. You know? I, was, I was the person, she came to my house the first time she tried cannabis and um, uh, like she, she cried for like two hours. She was just blown away that this remedy had been there all along for her but no one cared enough about her to offer it to her like that's what i'm trying to 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 tell my friends they i don't know if they think i just want to get high with them but i care enough about you to want you to have as good a quality life as what i have now I, I never hurt. I never have pain. I take 80 milli, milligrams of Crestor every day for my cholesterol, and it makes your muscles hurt all the time. A little tiny bit of cannabis every day takes that pain away. A little tiny bit of cannabis every day keeps my blood pressure the perfect. I, how does it know? <laughs> but it's always 120 over 80. So it's tiny little things yeah. you can do with cannabis is going to take away major pharmaceutical drugs that you're on and um, it's going to change your life and major problems that those pharmaceuticals cause right so um let's get into where you where 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 did you start getting your medicine and where do you get it now well um we started we started um of course i didn't want to send my kids to colorado but that's where we had to start getting it so i was the one that was going up there and bringing back my medicine i would i would meet uh processors and um i have relatives in colorado that introduced me to people and we would we would meet up and i would um i i started using concentrates because uh, the Smoking the flower was too much on my lungs. I couldn't, um, I just can't smoke flour. So I started using concentrates, and they were hard to get and dangerous to bring back, but um, we did that. Now um, Now I, I still dab, and um, we're, most of the medicine that I take, we make ourselves. I've, I've got a business called Two Twisted Girls. We have a... A commercial kitchen in western Oklahoma and um, I make the salt and the sugar that's infused with uh, THC that you can you can microdose it's really easy to take tiny amounts uh, the salt is great with if, if you like tequila or Bloody Mary's you can use the medicated salt with that but you can also use it for like cooking and that's what led us to the cooking show I use I microdose through the day I try to take ingest my cannabis um, in tiny amounts so that I'm never high but I have continuous pain relief and the sugar that I make I take an eighth of a teaspoon in the morning and an eighth of a teaspoon at night and I am totally pain free all the time that is amazing um, it is amazing and, that and a tiny little bit of sugar yeah um, and so many yeah. um i've seen so many with this type of product um you know and obviously yours uh included there uh that uh you know older patients are really I mean, this is really good for them because, like you said, you know, they're they're getting off of their uh, blood or their all of their 
medications, pharmaceuticals, and things like that. But it's very easy for them to take. It's it's something that they can take in the morning or at night. You know, it's just very right. and it tastes good. So, well, and, 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 and I would recommend if somebody wanted to start to start. Um, I would start with CBD. Actually, I would try CB, CBD for a week or two. And um, a lot of times, if you're you've got pain and you've never used cannabis, CBD is all you need. If that doesn't work, I would I would then move to like a one to one ratio that's uh, equal parts CBD and equal parts THC. Yeah. That's what Kathy and I started with, and. Um, very little THC is actually needed for pain relief, but they, it works best in conjunction with the other cannabinoids cabino, uh, to um, saturate your endocannabinoid system, and that's what we all need to stay healthy. Well, and, and um, yeah, and you, and not just that, but you bring up a good point. Like, if you're going, you know, the modern modern methods, I guess, of like, you know medicating something are generally kind of shocking the system i love what you said about cbd that is somewhere i start with my patients too one because i don't want to shock the endocannabinoidal system i don't want to like freak it out so cbd is a great way to just kind of you know nudge it to wake it up um, a lot of people can get all the relief they need from CBD. Well, and and the reason being too is because so much pain in our bodies doesn't really come from nerve pain; it comes from inflammation, which I mean that's the root cause of the pain. And CBD does mm-hmm. that so much better than other cannabinoids. That I mean, like you said, nine times out of ten, you don't even need the THC side of it. Um, yeah. it, you know, you do benefit so much from that CBD side. Um, and then it's when you get into, I mean, I'm even the same way with THC that you are, Dondi. Like, I start people microdosing. I don't generally yeah. tell someone, hey, go home and take 25 milligrams of this. Why would you do that? Why? You know, well, I'm a long time user and I still microdose. Same here. Um, I, the worst thing, the worst feeling I've ever experienced from cannabis is taking too many milligrams of edibles so it's very very important that you you don't want to feel that yeah. you start with a really small dose and which is i'm going to um plug my product again here the great thing about my sugar is it's not regular sugar it's um it's a special candy sugar but it melts in your mouth it goes straight into your blood so most edibles you have to like take a portion of your gummy or your chocolate and you have to wait an hour or two hours to make sure that you didn't take too much or that you need more or just to see if it's going to help you my sugar you know in 10 minutes if you need to take more Uh, it's not diluted with eggs and flour and and all the other things and it you can't swallow it if you try it goes straight to your blood so you get instant pain relief instant if you've got whatever you're feeling and you're taking it for it's instant and there's very few other edibles that i found that um and that's that's where people get in trouble they'll take a, a gummy and they'll wait an hour and they won't feel anything so they'll take another gummy and then about 15 minutes later the first gummy will they'll start to feel it and they'll be like oh okay well maybe i shouldn't have taken that second one and by that time they're in trouble well and then going back to the 90 year old lady yeah all of a sudden oh, that's yeah. grandma by herself at home with too many edibles in her system exactly and she's like are you kidding me right there is no way that i'm ever going to try this
this again. Right. Thanks to Stoner Joe down at yeah. the dispensary. Yeah. Oh, that, eat this right. brownie. No, thank you. <laughs> it's a thousand Uncle milligrams. Bob, it will Bob? knock you out for two yeah. days. Yeah, exactly. Uncle Bob, <laughs> like James talked about last show. Yeah, Uncle Bob. Don't trust Don't Uncle Bob. Don't talk to Uncle Bob. <laughs> Don't Uncle Bob make your edibles. Get lab-tested edibles. <laughs> right. Biometric dispensary Please. from a butt tender that you trust. And there's... So well, many great bud and, and two, I mean, but and you know, and and your story touches on so many important parts, in my opinion, about where 788 was important in our lives here as Oklahomans, because you know, you were sitting there and you were talking about like these shady deals, like not shady deals, but you know, I had to meet these people in Colorado, and but if someone leaned over and said, "Hey, Dondi, what were you getting in that parking lot?" Yeah. My meds. You know what I mean? It creates this atmosphere to where it looks like something unhealthy. Because sure, you had yeah. to. You were telling your kids, "Hey, don't go get mom's meds that you're getting illegally in Colorado." So I mean, well, I didn't want my kids to risk going sure. to jail or prison where it was for me. I went and got it myself, or I tried to. It, you know, as long as I was able to, I always went and got my medicine myself. But um, I always also I felt like that I would be less at risk for being suspicious if they stopped me. Then you know my then son or my daughter. Then your pink-haired daughter. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a, a red flag like just flying down the highway. Hey, I wonder what she's doing. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, and, and I had a I had a, a little I had my um, oh, what do you call it? it? Not a disguise, but I would I would stop at a funeral home and I would take a plant and I would have a couple of the the pamphlets from a funeral and if I got stopped I was I never did but if I ever got stopped I was going to say I was at grandma's funeral and this is the plant and I've got my you got it all planned out yeah she would always have like a black dress hanging in her back seat I'm going to go ahead and say this again from packed and ice to ice cold in the cannabis game (laughs) you like read a book or something you watch some movies She's, she's she's like walking around with a fedora and a, and a trench coat. Right, or it's like Chevy Chase, you know, in, in Fletch, where they ask for her ID oh, wow. and like 15 of them roll out because she doesn't know which story she's going yeah, with that exactly. day. <laughs> I've got so many stories of being in Denver waiting to meet, uh, you know. Those connections are never on time. And sometimes I would be in a hotel room for three or four days waiting for, um, I'm not going to say his name, but he, he may be listening. He's my friend on Facebook. But he would show up on a longboard with a backpack full of different priced concentrates. And I would, I, you know, I'd do my shopping right there in my hotel room. Yeah. And, um, but. Yeah, we uh, the the days waiting for him to show up though, I would walk all around downtown Denver, and I could go in dispensaries, but there was a limit on what you could buy, and uh, you know I was always taking a big quantities back, but. Um, I met a lot of people. I, w- I went home with a lot of people and smoked with a lot of people I just meet walking around by myself in Denver. There you go. <laughs> but it, it was adventures, and, and I they bet it was fun. fun. I had a lot of fun doing them. I bet. I'm really grateful for everything that I've been through and all the lessons that I've learned. And um, you know, if you were if you, if you were left in the dust from those bad days, I apologize. But <laughs> I, it wasn't me. It really wasn't me. And I, but I feel like I'm back to where I I'm I'm back to a healthy space place in my life right now. 
Well, well I mean, like I... earlier she was saying that, you know, after she got out of the hospital, mm-hmm. she really wasn't, she didn't understand like why she had survived all of that and why she was alive. And I truly feel like today she understands that her purpose has been to kind of come back and like help people learn about, you know, this amazing plant and educate people so that they can help themselves heal as well. Exactly. And that is a great purpose to have. And other people need you um, and uh, and appreciate you already and because you've helped already. So Love everything people. that you do, really. Yeah. Definitely help me. So That's if you're sure. out there and you're listening and, you, and you're, you're curious about cannabis, you just have questions, maybe you don't even want to try it, but you just want to know, you want to understand how it works, or you, you've got a family member that needs uh, some education about a specific product. I don't know everything, but I have great resources, and I do know a lot of people, and I promise you, no matter what your question is, we can get an answer for you, and we yeah. can find a safe way for you to medicate. And it's not, it's, it's fun. It's not scary. You're going to meet people that you'll love forever. And it's a great journey to be on. And, and then you're going to turn around and help other people. So if, if you, you if you have any interest or you're right. curious about cannabis, anybody reach out to me. I'm always, I'm, I help people every day. I'll, I'll help you with find answers to your questions. I'll help you get your card. I'll help you find the right medicine. Whatever you need, let me help you. Or reach out to anybody in this industry. There's a lot of great people. Absolutely. And that's why we're here. Absolutely. And there are there are a ton of resources out there. I mean, you know, it, like, and, and we've said this on the show too. And, you know, just like what Donnie said, reach out. Ask those questions. You know, if you want to know those things, there's resources out there. Um, and if you're not getting the answers that you that you know you think that you should be getting, ask somewhere else. Ask again. Um, I mean, that's what this all is all about. We're, it's a new industry. We're all growing. We're yep. all learning, um, and we're all trying to help each other. We all we keep saying it's a community. Well, I, so, open arms. Said, you know, cannabis may not cure everything, but um, I. I think it could probably make anything a little easier to live with and better. So whatever, even if you look up whatever illness that you might have and you don't see any studies where cannabis has helped it, still reach out because there may be symptoms that we can treat with it. There's so many different ways to use it. And, um, well, and that's just... Honestly, that's what I love about this podcast. I've been listening to it, and I've learned so much just by hearing patient stories and hearing people's journey with cannabis. Like, I've learned that cannabis treats things that I I didn't even know about. Yeah, I, I mean, we're, we're blown away on yeah. here. I mean, we have family members sometimes or, you know, good friends that have these same issues. And then all of a sudden there's like these light bulb moments of like, are you kidding me? That helps. Like yeah. that's something we hadn't ran yeah. across. So I mean, yeah. we're learning all the time. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, first off, thank you for listening uh, to, to the show. Absolutely. Um, and that's awesome of you that somebody, at least we, Hey, one person listens. Anna listens. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks guys. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> but yeah, we're like uh, Josh, like you said, you know, we're blown away. Yeah, uh, and, and not even just during the show, like every day. That's why it's you know, that's why we're here. It's because these stories need to be told. Sure. Well, and 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 a lot of times that's why we love what we do, and that's why you know Anna and Don. That's why you guys spread that same gospel that we do all the time, just yeah. because we're amazed by this plant and the things it's doing. Yeah. Well, is there anything that you guys would like to uh, finish off with? Thanks, ladies, for being on the show and sharing your story and everything that you guys do, which I know keeps you very, very busy. (laughs) (laughs) That's an understatement. We really appreciate James. He's been a game changer, just meeting him and working with him. And uh, we love everything about James and Irvidge. And so we're so excited to start this journey with him. Well, I appreciate everybody that I'm I have the opportunity to be involved with and, and work around. But um, uh, I do want to ask everybody, if you will, please just share the podcast. Um, we, we need to get these um, voices heard. Um, and it's, it's real easy. Just let people know on social media. Um, subscribe to the show. Right. We've got a new website. It's about to uh, kick off, um, and we'll have lots of opportunities there for some more education. Very excited about that. Sure. And if you know someone that needs to hear one of these podcasts, you know, in particular, let them know. Send it over to them, please. Like I said, share for the, you know, in the purpose of helping and to get the word out there for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I, I wish we could go. I, you know, I've met some people that can't get the show. Mm-hmm. I wish we could go do the show in their living room. Right. <laughs> you know, I We're just, working on it. <laughs> We're working on it. We're trying to get mobile. <laughs> All right, guys. Awesome. Uh, Remember, everybody stay safe, and we'll see you next week. Yeah. Stay medicated, people. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.